This is The Grid, presented by Victoria College. Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of The Grid. My name is Jeremiah Sosa, the assistant sports editor I'm joined by Gabe Myers, our sports reporter, and Mike Foreman, our sports editor at the Victoria Advocate. Um, this is episode 31 of the podcast, and we got a lot to, to get into. Um, but before we do, uh, we want to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Facebook, on our Victoria Advocate Facebook page, also on our Advo Sports Facebook page, and you can also find us on Twitter, at Advo Sports. You can also email us at sports at vicad.com. All right, well, it's time to get into some High school soccer, Calhoun, Bay City, and El Campo. They recently competed at the regional tournament in Katy, Texas. Uh, the Calhoun boys, they fell 2-1 to one to Lumberton. And the Bay City girls, they lost 3-0 to zero to Lumberton in the regional semifinal, ending both of their, their runs in the tournament. For Calhoun, it was, a, it was, it was even a, an accomplishment to get there because that was the farthest they had ever been. And Bay, Bay City had uh, been to the regional final a few, a few years before that season, so... Um, you know, good good seasons for both teams, um, but you know, unfortunately for them, they came up short. El Campo they defeated East Chambers one to one, four to five in the penalty shootout in the regional semifinal um, at Katy. Andre Martinez he scored a goal with ten seconds left off of a free kick from Raymond Moreno that sent the game into into the you know extra extra periods, and then uh, ultimately they they ended up winning in. Um, the penalty shootout, and you know, co- talking to Coach Audie Jackson, it was a it was a big win because for for the Rice Birds, that was the farthest they they had ever gone in in the tournament as well. And Gabe was there to cover their game against Lumberton in the regional final. Um, Gabe, they ended up falling three to zero. But w- what did you see out of uh, you know the Rice Birds in that game uh, in the regional final? Yeah, what I saw. There was a little bit of bad luck there from the Rice Bird perspective. They had a chance early on in the game to go up 1-0, chance that could have, you know, changed the course of the game. Off a long ball, striker runs onto it, just couldn't quite, just couldn't quite control it on the first touch. Launches, you know, I don't say launches, ball goes just over the bar. Then a Lumberton shot from 25, 30 yards out, well outside the box, finds the top corner, finds the back of the net 1-0. And that's just, you know, that's one that, you know, 95 times out of 100 doesn't even come close to the goal but that time it finds the top corner a little bit of, you know a little bit of bad luck there then right you know 1-0 still very much in the game same position they were in against East Chambers the day before come back right after halftime corner kick goal you know corner kick finds a head finds a goal 2-0 right there and then it, you know 2-0 you're still in the game then Ocampo gets a, gets a penalty kick. The you know, guy gets fouled, goes down in the box. He gets a penalty kick. Penalty kick is saved right after that. Another goal, and once the penalty kick is saved, the game's really over right there. Then Lumberton goes and gets a third goal, you know, to really put it away. So a little bit of bad luck, but Lumberton did. You know, they controlled the majority of the action. They had a lot of the possession, and Lumberton their loss. I mean, they had one loss throughout the season, but the loss was in penalty kicks. They. And I talked to Coach, uh, you know, Audie Jackson after the game. He said he didn't consider that a loss. You know, as far as he's concerned, they're undefeated. Um, and Lumberton, a really, really good team. And El Campo, a little bit of bad luck there in the regional final. And, I mean, like I said, that's the farthest they've ever gone. And, it's you know, 
a thing here, here, a thing there goes different. Maybe we're ta- singing a different song today. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Lumberton ends up knocking out both of our area teams, and uh, no, that's that's it for for soccer coverage from us uh, as far as teams in our area. All right, we're gonna take a break and hear this commercial from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Welcome back to the Grid Podcast. Um, it's about time to get into some track and field. East Victoria East and Victoria West recently competed in the District 29 5A meet on Thursday. Um, at that, and that meet was at uh, Hornet Stadium at Fire Bluff. The East girls uh, they were the highlight for for both area teams. They took home a total of three gold medals. Uh, Sanaya Randall she won the 100 meter dash and the 400 meter relay team and the 800 meter relay team also took home gold for the East girls. Matthew Jackson, uh, a, a Victoria East senior, he won the long jump, and Victoria West also had a few um, uh, athletes com- uh, qualify for the area round. Um, Jared Swanson, he, he helped the West boys. In the, in the last race of the day, he, he got the baton, and he was in seventh place, and he ended up getting fourth place for the West boys, and you know, they're, they were one of the area uh, qualifiers for, for the West boys. Mike, you were covering a few meets uh, this week. You, you recently did the District 25-3A and the District 27 and 28 area meet. Um, what was kind of your takeaway from, from you know, both of those meets and you know, uh, you know, how, how you know, our area athletes compete in those? Well, first of all, in the district meet, um, Houtsville Industrial coming away with team titles. Houtsville was pretty amazing. Uh, a lot of speed over there. And uh, as I said in my story, uh, the coach, no one over there can remember the last time Houtsville won a district track title. Houtsville, uh, of course, is well known for uh, baseball and softball. I mean, their softball girls are the defending state champions. Their uh, their baseball team has won a state championship, so they're they're well known in those sports. But track and field is has not been a you know a strong point for Houtsville. Well, that's changed. They have a lot of fast guys on that team, and uh, they're going to make a, a push at regional and area. I would assume their area meets coming up next week in Seguin which for them I think is a really good thing because that's where the regional meet will be. So they'll have experience of running on that track 
for everyone who uh, qualifies for regional. Industrial, uh, they they won the way they usually win. They they compete in a lot of events and they score points in a lot of events, and that's the way you win meets. Uh, they also, I believe, went one, two, three in the pole vault. So as you can see there, right there, you've got uh, 24 points. I mean, uh, that helped in the distance races. They won both of those. So there's 20 more points. They didn't win any relays, which is unusual. Usually in track and field, a team that wins relays usually has a good chance at the team title because uh, if you're not familiar with track and field, the points are doubled in relays. So two good things. And then the Shiner Girls and Boys uh, wasn't quite as easy as district um, where they just, uh, the Shiner Girls scored 300 points in district. That's amazing. And uh, they were pushed by Thrall. Um, and uh, and the boys had some competition. They still won fairly one. And, of course, when you have an athlete like Dalton Brooks who wins four gold medals, I mean, that's a, that's a good start. Uh, the Comanches now have to get ready for regional. And the, the thing about regional is uh, depth isn't quite as important in regional as far as making it to state as it is in, in area and uh, district because in district and area, the top four move on. In regional, you only have the top two go on to the state meet. And then, of course, there's the wild card, which you hope you get. But uh, that's the way it's looking. We have some a lot of meets left, a lot of area. And, uh, in fact, uh, the Refurio-Woodsboro-Yorktown district will have their area meet Saturday in Alice. And uh, next week, we've got all the uh, 3A, 4A, 5A uh, area meets, which are coming up. And then we'll start getting into the, the regional meets. All right, that's going to do it for this track and field segment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear this commercial from Thriving Financial. Thriving is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thriving believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's time to get into some high school softball. Um, Calhoun, they recently defeated Orange Grove 13-0 in a District 34A uh, softball game. They, they played Sinton in the for the district title on Friday night. And Gabe, you were there at the, uh, the Orange Grove game. Um, what, what did you see out of the Calhoun Sandys? And, you know, just looking at this matchup against Sinton, you know, what do you think that they can do uh, to, you know, possibly win the district title? Well, it's the game against Orange Grove was funny because they walked, I think it was 17 <laughs> times. I, you can look it up in the story and figure out the exact number. But Calhoun won without ever really swinging the bat. Um, and, they, you know, I was talking to Coach Castillo after the game, and he was, you know, he was telling me, you know, I, I usually tell them to be aggressive, to go after it, not see pitches. But today it was different. It was just – this pitcher's going to be a little bit wild. Let's just if she's going to put us all on base, we'll let her let her put, put put all of us on base. 
And that's what happened. So they, you know, they walked a ton. It was hard to learn a whole lot about Calhoun in that game. Just, you know, they didn't, they barely put the ball in play because they almost never had to. Um, and that's just the way the game gone. Now the Sinton game Friday night, it's a de facto district title game. If if Calhoun wins, they're district champs. They have two games left after the Sinton game, but they've already beaten Sinton twice. Everyone else in the district has more than two losses. De facto district championship game for them. Even if they lose, it's still possible for them for them to get that one seed to get to the uh, you know still get that district title. But a de facto district championship game. And talking to Coach Castillo after the game, he was just saying we're ready for that one. Even kind of as that game's going on in the back of everybody's mind, it's you know sitting on Friday, sitting on Friday. So that the Calhoun girls are definitely ready. They want to. Uh, I mean, they want to wrap up that district title this week. Well, I got to ask you, Gabe. Do they play music at the Sandy's games in between innings or anything? Oh, I can't even well, remember. Well, reason I was asking, I'm sure you might have heard Aerosmith uh, walk this way a few oh. thousand <laughs> times that night, probably. I'm guessing that's a reference to football season. <laughs> no, uh, walk this way, 17 walks. Oh, walk I, this yeah, I'm sure. Oh my that, gosh. Yeah. I no, can imagine. It, it was literally, I mean, it's literally because, you know, we do our line scores for the stories <laughs> and stuff after the game. It's like, okay, who's a standout? Well, it's like, you know, every player, I think the standout was like one for one or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just, everyone was just it was just walking, was just walking the entire time. So that was, again, hard to learn anything about Calhoun. But, hey, if you're when you're a really good team like that, I think it's, you know, it can be hard, A, to stay focused for a game like that. Yeah. And, B, you come out. You want maybe players wanting to get their stats or not wanting to be disciplined or do their own thing for just have a single minded approach of okay, look, they're going to put us all on base and walk us all in, and we're just going to let them do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there is something impressive about that from Calhoun's perspective to be able to just be disciplined in that regard. Another one of our area teams, uh, St. Joseph, they recently defeated San Antonio TMI Episcopal 10 to 1 in a district game. Um, on Wednesday, they also de- defeated San Antonio St. Anthony. Three to one to move to six and two with the district record, and you know that moves them to to second in district, and that went over TMI Episcopal uh, Alina St. Jean. She was really the highlight for for the Lady Flyers. She threw fourteen strikeouts, and I think it was her only fourth game pitching in the season. Um, so she's you know you know she's not too familiar with uh with that position. She you know she gets in the circle sometimes, but. Um, they they really rely on other pitchers. So for her to you know have a game like that on, in, in the circle, throw 14 strikeouts, and she also added a home run um, you know in the batter's box and added another RBI in the first inning. And the the Lady Flyers in, in that in that second inning they they scored almost seven runs. So you know it was one of those games where early on you're able to get up uh, you know by a lot of runs and kind of you know kind of cru- cruise the rest of the way so um that was a big win for them and then for to get that win over St. Anthony and move to to second in district um you know that that was another big win they're they're actually tied with St. Anthony with 6 and 2 record but you know with that win that moves them uh into second place so you know the Lady Flyers are top 10 team top 10 ranked team in the state and you know they got some big wins uh th- this week Mike you had a a kind of an interesting game that you covered uh you know on monday ganado versus weimer that game was originally scheduled for thursday and they ended up playing uh you know some of that game on that day but it got postponed to monday due to due to a rainstorm mike you were there on both days um you know what what did you see out of the lady cats in that in that win over the maidens yeah it was uh that was interesting um you know i talked to uh 
Jordan Jones, the coach of uh, uh, Ganado, actually, uh, after the game completed Monday night, she said uh, the girls were really anxious. That's why they pushed for Thursday, even though it didn't look good. And actually, it wasn't good because we got in the first inning and uh, the rain started, and there's no way they could have played. But uh, Ganado got off to a good start. In fact, actually had runners on second and third with two outs when they had to call the game. But uh, I think that re- uh, gave uh, Weimer a chance to refocus. Uh, Reagan Wick, their outstanding pitcher, uh, she came back and was able to get the first hitter on a pop-up to the catcher. And uh, Ganado did score first, go up one to nothing. But uh, Weimer broke through with two runs. Uh, they took advantage of a couple of Ganado mistakes. And then uh, Wick came up with the bases loaded uh, like an inning or two later and hit a two-run single to kind of give him a little cushion. And then uh, what I saw is probably what, what you saw when you went and uh, watched uh, Ganado and Shiner. Uh, two really good teams playing each other. Um, both teams, uh, you know, deserve their rankings. Um, I think, uh, I know uh, you'll talk about this because you're going to go see uh, Ganado and China, which is probably a battle for second place. Um, but uh, they all hit the ball. They all play good defense. And uh, I think the difference really between the three teams is Reagan Wick in the circle. Uh, she's a senior. She's going to Colorado State. She has uh, experience. And the thing I loved about watching her was uh, she doesn't crack under pressure. I mean, it seemed like to me almost every inning, Ganeda would have a runner on base or something, but it doesn't phase her at all. She just keeps pitching like she knows how to pitch, and uh, she she either gets she had eight strikeouts, and when she wasn't striking out people, her defense behind her did pretty much the you know did the trick. So uh, it was a good game, and uh, you know even really whoever gets second or third, and we'll let you talk about that a little bit. Uh, I think all three of these teams have a chance to make a good playoff run. Yeah, and like Mike said, um, I'm going to be out uh, in Shiner covering that Ganado and Shiner uh, game. This is actually the second uh, one. Ganado won the first, um, and that game that game was kind of interesting because it was similar to to, to Mike's Ganado and Weimer game. That was was changed due to the rain. That one was originally scheduled at to be played at Shiner, and that one got moved to Ganado. And Shiner was ahead early in that one, and Ganado ended up pulling pulling away with it. Um, so it'll it'll definitely be interesting today to see um, if this uh, Shiner team can you know even out the series, at, being that they're at home and you know kind of kind of close the uh, you know this this later part of the season with a win over Ganado. And one thing's interesting, and you you might want to check out that game because Monday night when I when I arrived in uh, Ganado for that game, I mean there were people everywhere. The, the outfield fence, there were people standing behind them, and it'll be that way in a Shiner for that game. So if you've ever thought about going to a softball game, I would recommend you, you checking this out because the, these teams are good quality teams, and they generate a lot of fan support, and it's, it's a good, great atmosphere. Yeah, it's definitely fun to you know just go cover games and you see, like Mike said, 
just trucks lined up on the outside of the field and people just sitting on the trucks and watching the games. Um, but, you know, the games like that, those deserve it just because, you know, a bunch of good athletes and, you know, like, like Mike said, top, top teams in the state. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, from me, Mike, and Gabe, appreciate you guys for listening. Yeah.